0: Hi everyone, welcome to Psyched, Combos on Psychology, Relationships, and Personal Growth. I'm Nicole. And I'm Laura. And today we're going to be talking about communication styles. So before getting started today on the episode, we just wanted to talk about the 13-day self-esteem challenge that we're going to be having in May. That's going to be starting on May 18th. So if you want to join that, all you have to do is go into the Psyched Facebook group and join that group. That's where the challenge is going to be held. And we're going to be covering everything you need to know to build healthier self-esteem. We're going to be giving you a lot of resources and information during these 13 days. And um, so go ahead and join that now. It's a really supportive community, and we hope you'll learn a lot from that. And um, that starts again on May 18th, so just go ahead and join the Psyched Facebook group for that. And now we'll go ahead and dive into the episode. So there are four basic communication styles that people use. Uh, They are passive, aggressive, passive-aggressive, and assertive. So we're gonna talk about each one in detail, what the behaviors are, what the style is, everything like that. So to start off with, passive is the first one. So passive communication style, the main qualities of this is that this person is unable to express their emotions or needs and they usually let others do the talking for them. They can't outwardly express how they're feeling and so a lot of times these people uh, feel misunderstood. And they tend to avoid confrontation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it might feel like they're not even, they don't, you know, they don't have much care about anything or the other person or, you know, they don't not have an opinion,
0: not a strong opinion. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, so these people on the outside can look like they're easygoing, they don't want to like rock the boat, they don't want to cause issues or problems, um, but then that tends to make them not ever be able to actually express themselves so they'll feel misunderstood and then that can lead to becoming resentful eventually because once you aren't able to, if your needs are never met because you're never expressing them, then obviously, eventually, you, you probably will become angry about that. Like, why am I not getting what I want ever? Why is nothing ever going my way? Why are people never listening and respecting me and doing what I want to do? You're probably going to build up some resentment over time because you're unable to express yourself.
1: Right, right. Exactly. It kind of, you know, you become sort of like a doormat, but eventually that does feed into uh, possibly, resent, definitely, resentment mm-hmm. and anger Um, So not a healthy way of being able to deal with your emotions or getting your needs met.
0: Right. Exactly. So the next style is aggressive. So this is someone who has a very loud and demanding voice, they're dominating the conversation, they're probably controlling, intimidating, can be threatening. Uh, this person will typically more issue commands instead of asking or, um, asking, yeah, like asking someone to do something, they'll issue commands. They can be seen as rude as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so these people probably tend to be more unlikable. They are seen more as angry and violent. Uh, you don't want to be around them most likely because they are using intimidation and threats to communicate and get what they want.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah and I think sometimes from the aggressive person's point of view um they're believing that they're commanding respect from people uh you know I think they they see themselves as leaders uh potentially people see them as leaders but it's more because of a because they're frightened by them not because fear. they actually truly respect them mm-hmm. um and I think you know if if you look at movies these days um I think it really promotes more of an aggressive way of interacting in the world. So I think with movies, it tends to promote this aggression uh, as a way of gaining respect. And I think this is, you know, a lot of people bring this into society. Uh, They emulate that. What comes to mind is the Jerry Springer show or shows like that where people are fighting and Calling names to each other and sh- trying to show who's who's in charge, that kind of thing, and i that's not a a, a good way to build overall respect and um, a way to interact in the world, right, very true. Yeah,
0: and then the third communication style is passive-aggressive. So this person is passive on the surface, and they'll display more behaviors of that passive person, like less eye contact, um, a little meeker, maybe not as um, upfront with their opinions, but they actually are showing now that this resentment has built up. So they, a lot of times, will mutter to themselves rather than outright confronting someone. They have difficulty acknowledging their anger. They'll display tactics like the silent treatment or talking behind someone's back. Um, And mostly what the behaviors that they're displaying are more covert ways of being aggressive. So they're not that loud, boisterous, demanding, commanding person, but they're Passively and covertly ex- being aggressive.
1: Yeah, if you ever feel like that sudden, subtle dig from somebody, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of little dig mm-hmm. that you walk away and say, Oh, wait, were they trying to insult me? That kind of thing. <laughs> I think that would be an example of. A passive-aggressive. Right,
0: and so it's like some, it's someone who is aware of their needs but can't always voice them properly and um, they tend to appear cooperative on the outside, kind of like what you said, like, oh, they're going along with the flow, they're being cooperative, but then they actually have this ulterior motive and they actually don't really want to go along with what you're doing or what you're saying and are actually probably thinking the opposite or wanting to do the opposite. Right, right. And then the last and best communication style is the assertive communication style. I would call it
1: the the healthiest.
0: The healthiest. Sorry, not the best. Um, (laughs) So this is the most effective form of communication. That is because you're using open communication, but without being overbearing, you're effectively expressing your needs, wants, and desires, but you're also still being considerate of others, and you're owning your feelings without placing blame on other people.
1: Right. Yeah, like I said, it is the healthiest uh, way of communicating, the one that preserves positive relationships, has uh, a way of interacting that has a win-win mentality. So not trying to win and be above another person. It's not win-lose. It's this, you know, I want the best for all. you know, treating each other with respect, and so it's a way to maintain long-term healthy relationships.
0: Yeah. So, what are some other benefits then of being an assert- assertive communicator? Like you said, it's maintaining uh, strong, healthy relationships. But are there any other benefits of it?
1: Yeah, I think if you're talking about, you know, if you're if you're a leader of some sort, maybe the head of a company. um when somebody's assertive, you're treating people with respect, you're gaining their loyalty, you're um, building a a solid foundation that is going to be beneficial to everybody moving forward. Mm -hmm. Well, and it it seems like when you can be an assertive communicator and
0: open with your wants and needs, that, that opens the door for other people to do the same
1: to you. Right, right.
0: Yeah, so I it think does, it's just I mean, probably a better way to build relationships overall.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, um, so is being assertive always the best way to communicate in every situation or sometimes can we have to, do we have to use a different style, to, um, depending on the situation?
1: Well, I would say that assertive really is the best way because even if you're trying to, let's say somebody comes at you aggressively and you're trying to um, deal with that, if you behave in the same way that they did, what you're creating is this, uh, again, one-upmanship, one, one upmanship, this win-win or this win-lose situation. Uh, so it really doesn't, it's not productive. It doesn't get you anywhere. Ultimately, it does tear down the relationship. It might get you to win that particular argument. Like they say, uh, you want to win the war. Um, you know, Sometimes you have to lose the battle to win the war. It's not about if you win the battle, you might be winning the battle, but then you're losing the war, which means you're really uh, deteriorating the relationship. And, and you're not getting what you forward. want. Exactly. You're, Ultimately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, I would say the assertive way is is the way to be. No matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: right. Um, so then why do we, why do some people use one of these communication styles more than others?
1: Well, I think, again, it goes back to how people were brought up and the mo- role models they had in their life and how they, uh, interacted you know if they're if their parents or primary caregivers utilize one of the particular styles you're more likely to use one of those and particularly depending on who you relate to most if you related let's say more to your father and he was more of an aggressive communicator then you would pick up on that if it was your mom and they were maybe more passive then you pick up on that and and if you relate to that caregiver more, than you pick up on that. So it, it comes down to pretty much, pretty much that.
0: Learned behavior. Yeah, that makes sense. So mm. when we're in relationships, um, whether it's with a romantic partner or someone else, um, is it easier to get one of the communication styles to become more assertive, whether it's passive or aggressive? Like, is there one that lends itself easier to becoming an assertive style?
1: Yeah, I think we can't, we do have the ability to teach people from the way we interact with them. And probably I would think the one that would be easiest to uh, trans help them transform into an assertive way of talking would be the passive person, Mm -hmm. because they're typically somebody that is in probably more pain. They're not able to express their needs and if we use our assertiveness to help them feel comfortable about opening up about their needs and we encourage them to talk about their needs we're helping them become more assertive whereas now the passive aggressive or aggressive I would tend to believe that they tend they would be more coming from a narcissistic um, uh, be, uh, behavior. Right. And also they are typically satisfied with how they are getting their needs met because they are in that controlling position. And so they're less likely to want to learn a different way because this is already, already working for them. They're already
0: getting what they what they want. Yeah, that's true. Right. So
1: it would be important to help them, them understand that, okay, you're getting what you need now, but how does that help you in your relationship as a whole. You and know, in the long that...
0: run too.
1: Yeah. It exactly. seems more like a temporary
0: yeah. way to get what you want rather than the long term. Right. Yeah. Right. And that makes sense. Cause like we said, we've said in the past, the people who tend to lean more on the narcissistic side are the ones who are less likely to seek help. They're less likely to be even aware and self-aware of what they're who they are and what they're going through and don't even don't even realize that they are narcissistic so that makes sense that you'd be the passive person that's easier able to transform and um, transition into this assertive style of communicating Mm -hmm. yeah so now the other thing we wanted to touch on which is really very important, and I think we're going to have another full episode dedicated to this later on, but that would be nonverbal communication. So I think I've read a study before that, um, or a statistic that says that 90% of our communication is actually not the words that we're saying. It's 10% is only the words that we're saying. So 90% is really coming from all this nonverbal stuff. So that includes your facial expressions, your body language, your gestures, the tone and the pitch and the inflection that you're doing, um, even the eye contact that you make, all of these things are a lot more important than the actual words that we're saying. So how does this, I guess, relate then to these styles?
1: Yeah, so I think, for example, if you look at uh, the aggressive style uh, a lot would play into the body language uh, and facial expression uh, there's probably very narrow direct eye contact there's um, a threatening body position which would be a power maybe hovering over you um, there's facial expressions of anger that are universal um, to across all cultures, even in animals that, you know, there's a way that the face forms that shows this anger. Um, so these are very telling about, uh, you know, they really show how that person, what that person's trying to communicate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's it's very important. That That is a very important part of communication.
0: Right, exactly. And that's why, um, I know you mentioned it's hard to have, like, I guess, serious or deep conversations over text because if 90% of a conversation is based on this nonverbal communication, you're missing yeah. so much when you're just I uh, don't talking over know text.
1: how many times I have clients come in and they said they had a fight with someone and you know they said this and that and that and I think I might ask something of well how did they look or what did it, oh I don't know it was over text <laughs> and I'm like oh my gosh you cannot have a fight over text you can but I mean so much gets misconstrued and lost and things get probably way blown out of proportion and it's a uh, really unbelievable how many people have resorted to that Uh, i think in a way it's kind of a you know people don't want to say what they really want to say in person so they do it in text so it's it's kind of a cowardly or you know scary way of uh, uh you know they're trying to avoid that confrontation right but unfortunately it really is you know it really does uh interfere with good communication and again being productive
0: well and like Um, we said it's all about getting what you want getting your needs met so it's like there's no point in having a fight over text or things like that because no matter what you're not going to get what you want because you're not getting that message across appropriately and effectively
1: right yeah i I know that when you type things in capitals, that means you're yelling, but it still doesn't get across that tone you know there's tone and mm-hmm. inflection in your voice, and um you know maybe you miss some of the gentler tones, and so it just really uh you know causes you to miss the mark and, right exactly and having a good conversation, yeah mhm
0: yeah so it's really it is important to pay attention to these nonverbal cues and signs when talking to someone because it really like a lot of times what someone says in their words, they're actually meaning the exact opposite based on their nonverbal body language. So that's something to really key into and tune into when you're talking to someone.
1: Yeah, it, it's really important because you can read between the lines mm-hmm. of when somebody says something if you're seeing their facial expression, if you're seeing their body language you can read between the lines as to what's really going on underneath and right. without actually seeing them you're going to totally miss that and misconstrue really how to take what they're saying in
0: exactly and that's a perfect example i think too is sarcasm like yes. sarcasm you're whenever you use that it's exactly the opposite of what you're saying so there's just like right. so much more to communication than the words that you're saying Right. Yeah. Right. So we'll do an episode on that at some point <laughs> later down the road, but just wanted to touch on that. It's definitely important to uh, talk about when we're talking about communication. Uh, so now that we know that being assertive is probably, it, it, not probably it is the healthiest form of communication. What can we do if we are not an assertive communicator? How can we learn to become a more assertive communicator or even approve? Um, if we are an assertive communicator, how can we improve that and maybe even help others?
1: Yeah, I think we have to start becoming clear about again. It would be self awareness related overall, mm-hmm. pretty of much course. everything is. Um, but we really want to be clear about what we what our needs are and what our wants are, uh, and share that with our partner or whoever you know. If it's, uh, whatever relationship it is, share that with that person, Um, and the way we share that is through ideally I statements, right, and people may have heard about this, and you know, I know that maybe that becomes, you know, kind of a, kind of a um, cliche, let's say, but they really are important, and initially when you start practicing something like this, I'll Tell my clients that it might feel very awkward because people aren't really used to it. But Mm -hmm. as you do it more, it becomes more, you know, you had your own uh your own way to it and it becomes more natural. Yes. And uh I often explain it as think of it as a template. So you want to say, I feel, and then insert the emotion, whether it's hurt, angry, disconnected. Mm -hmm sad, and then explain what, what uh, that hurt or when that hurt is happening. You know, I feel discounted or disrespected when I come home and there's a dish, uh, I a sink full of dishes and I've been working all day and, you know, the dishes haven't been done. Right. Uh, and then proceeding to ask for your need to be met the based on a positive way so if you say i need you to quit leaving all the dishes in the sink you know that's saying a neg, putting it in a negative tone if you Mm -hmm. say i need for the i need for the sink to be clear so that when i come home i can be more relaxed, and we can have a good conversation, something like that.
0: Well, and if you say it in a more um, aggressive way, too, you're inviting the other person to respond in a more defensive tone as well. And so then neither of you are getting what you want. Neither of you end happy with the outcome, and you just probably cause a fight or an argument, and um, that can spiral instead of just starting with and approaching it in a different way you both get what you want from it. And you're more likely to get what you want if you express
1: it in that way that you described. Right. And you know, many times people will say, you're always doing this or you never do that. Um, so that's what you want to avoid when you're saying, I feel. Because there's really a need underneath that you, uh, right. when you're pointing a finger at that person. You're feeling maybe upset or disrespected or hurt. Um, and I think it's important, so to always focus on what's that feel. Where is this? Um, what is the feeling that's going on, and how can you express that feeling? Also, to be aware that sometimes when you state that template, a lot of people want to say, "I feel when you do." <laughs> when you, <laughs> yeah, you know. So you want to be. Uh, I. They might say, "I, I feel that you are." Never doing this, you know, well, that again is sort of just a, a Roundabout way up, of Covered up doing it <laughs> right. the, the defensive way. So you want to do, that's why exactly I feel and then insert the Feeling that you're having. Yes. And then proceed from there. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think another way to become a more assertive communicator is uh, really focusing on listening. A lot of people are not good listeners, and that is a huge part of communicating effectively. We have to understand and know what the other person is saying to uh, effectively effectively communicate back to them. Right, right.
1: So just in general, being an effective communicator, uh, you know, 50-50, the speaker who would be the one talking has to Say it in a way from an I feel standpoint, but the person that's listening has a job to do as well. And that's really learning to shift their focus away from themselves and you know, postponing their agenda Mm -hmm. so that they're really tuning into what is their partner trying to say, what what tuning into their partner's world, really trying to understand from their point of view what this is feeling like to, to your partner right um yeah because otherwise we can't we're we're not we're not going to get anywhere it's going to become this battle of each trying to prove to each other how you're feeling but if one never sits back to actually show that they're understanding and listening What happens is both sides keep trying to show how they're feeling, but nobody ever takes the time to actually hear and validate what that other person is
0: Dealing with. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge important point that we didn't really touch on when we were describing the communication styles, but half of communication is there's another person involved. (laughs) So half of that communication is listening. So if you take if you're not a good listener, then you're already 50% less effective, basically, in your communication style, and even less so than that. So definitely an important part of that.
1: Yeah, and part of the listening then uh, might be to ask questions for further understanding. If you're not understanding what your partner's saying, you ask them questions to clarify Mm -hmm. and reflect back to what to your partner what you heard them say and ask them, is that correct? Am I getting it? Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, hopefully goes without saying, but just to state that it you don't, you wanna avoid being judgmental, um, very much be communicate respect and not minimize what your partner is experiencing Mm -hmm. because that then breaks down the line of communication.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Another thing about being a a good listener is to try to read between the lines because some people express things, but they really mean something else. So uh, I think it's important to really grasp at what are they really meaning. So if we can sometimes see that, we can bring that out into the open. Um, And it's often uh, good to show that we understand what someone is going through, like we're hearing them, before we maybe wanna offer advice. So if we offer that, we're basically shutting that person down from being able to communicate what they're really experiencing, which is part of the um, building of the relationship when you're really communicating you're trying to gain better understanding about each other. And if you come off with advice right away, you're really not allowing that person to um, help you really gain some uh, perspective to see how they see the world. Right. So, um, so, that, so that's an important
0: thing. Right, exactly. Um, so how can we then, if we have a different communication style than our partner does, how can we be in relationships with people who maybe don't have that assertive communication style?
1: Well, I think it really does come to setting up healthy boundaries. Um, I think it's very important. So if we have somebody who's expressing, um, really negative feelings, we want to learn not to take responsibility for that partner's feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we think that we have to do something to help them with those feelings. And really, we don't. We What really is mostly needed is somebody there to listen. Mm-hmm. So, so again, if we go to that advice giving, it's really short circuiting that person's ability to process through what they're going through. Um, and we want to be able to allow that person to express what they're feeling. So, but in order to do that, we have to be careful not to take on feeling like we're responsible for what they're feeling.
0: Yeah, well, it seems um, most people, I think, just want to be heard and understood. So they're not yeah. asking you to really give feedback on what they're saying. Like you're not asking them to be, cause then I think that kind of brings in that judgmental side. Right. right. So if you're just sitting there listening, under, being like, I totally understand. I get why you're feeling that way. That's way more. You would rather hear that than, well, why don't you do try this? Why don't you do that? Or maybe do like, maybe the person's doing this because of that. Like you don't want to hear those reasonings or advice or problem solving, you just want that person to be like, oh, I understand where you're coming from. Right,
1: right. I also think it's important, like, let's say, I know we talked about not taking another person's feelings in personally, or taking responsibility for that person's feelings, uh, but we also, if the issue is about you, like somebody's complaining about something that you're doing, mm-hmm in order to it is important to listen to what they're saying and to if really take at least a tiny bit of responsibility for for the problem Uh, if if you don't that will be perceived as you know that you're discounting that person and anything that they're experiencing so you want to be able to show that you are willing to take responsibility for a part of what they're saying uh, even if it's a very small part. So that's important in helping it be more of a productive conversation rather than resorting back to defensiveness and counterattacking. Right exactly and yeah I think the again one of the
0: most important things at least to start out with is just being aware of and understanding the communication styles that other people are displaying and yourself. So becoming aware first of what your own style is, but then who the people closest to you are. And once you can understand what their communication style is and what they're displaying. And now that you know more about these different styles, it's so much more helpful, even just being aware of them. Right. Right.
1: So just in general, the more we can understand where, um, what other people's um, communication styles are that we're that we have a relationship with, we're better able to navigate and uh, interact in the relationship that makes it more uh, positive and productive in getting our needs met versus deteriorating the relationship. So right so that's from both the sides, benefit. exactly that's the benefit.
0: Right. Yeah. All right well i think we covered a lot today on these styles so hopefully helped out a little bit on maybe understanding which one you are which one your partner is um some tips on how to become more assertive um so yeah i think that's it for today i think so all right thanks so much for listening guys Thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, learned anything from it, we would love if you could make it your Instagram story. Also, we would love if you could tell a friend about this podcast, anyone who you think could benefit from this information or who would find it helpful. Also, if you haven't already, we would love if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That would be amazing and really appreciated. And also go ahead and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Psyched combos. And if you have any questions or feedback for us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at hello at psychedconvos.com. And lastly, make sure to join the Psyched Facebook group for the 13-Day Self-Esteem Challenge. There's going to be a lot of good information on building self-esteem and personal development in general. So make sure to go ahead and join that today. The challenge, once again, will be starting on May 18th. And otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.